There's just been a tremendous increase in the labor force. For the last three months, or over the last three months, we've added more than a million people to the labor force. And that's actually, that's a great sign. That's a sign that people that might have been discouraged, dropped out because of the terrible recession, have started to have some hope again and are looking for work again. This land is your land. Welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm Hannah Jaffe-Waltz. And I'm Alex Bloomberg. Today is Tuesday, April 6th, and that was White House Chief Economic Advisor Christina Romer, you heard at the top, talking about jobs on NBC's Meet the Press this weekend. Today on the show, the U.S. Central Bank gone rogue. (laughs) (laughs) It's been hitting shopping malls and tropical vacation destinations all over the world. But first, get your papers ready, Alex, our indicator. It is a big one. $29 billion, $816 million, but let's just round it up to $30 billion. $30 billion is good. And $30 billion is the value of Maiden Lane number one. That is the name that the Federal Reserve gave to a bunch of mortgages and loans and other weird financial instruments that it grudgingly agreed to take onto its books in 2008. So 2008, especially the spring, was a very dramatic time in the financial world. Bear Stearns, big New York investment bank, was on the brink of failure. And the government really didn't want that to happen. So J.P. Morgan, under pressure from the U.S. government, took over Bear Stearns. But part of, the, but part of that agreement between J.P. Morgan and the U.S. government was that J.P. Morgan was saying, hey, we don't want a lot of these assets that Bear has, the bad stuff. You take that. And so the Fed did. It gave J.P. Morgan about $30 billion. And in exchange, the Fed got a bunch of unhealthy assets, assets nobody wanted. And it stuffed them all into a portfolio that it named Maiden Lane One. There's actually three Maiden Lanes. Maiden Lane apparently is a street near the New York Fed. Um, And Maiden Lane One that we've been talking about, that was the Bear Stearns assets. The other two were assets the Fed got from AIG. So altogether, almost $75 billion worth of of what exactly? Well, last week, we got a chance to find out because after a lawsuit by Bloomberg News, the Fed finally released that information. What are the assets that it's holding in Maiden Lanes 1, 2, and 3? And that, Hannah, is what we'll be discussing today on the show. We'll be digging into those assets and finally revealing the answer to this two-year-old mystery. Yes, it's been something we've all been very eager to know. And it turns out that getting a look inside these portfolios actually tells a really powerful story about a central bank that has transformed dramatically in the last two years. So we're going to start with Vincent Reinhart. He's a resident scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, and he's been pouring over Maiden Lane. We talked a lot about Maiden Lane 1, the Bear Stearns assets. And he says it's it's been really interesting. It's actually even been sort of fun. Because it's a, it's a grab bag. There's a lot of Hilton properties. Uh, a lot of things I've never never heard of or never stayed at. The Hilton you know, Hawaiian Village, the Hilton of Puerto Rico. Yeah. The, um, the Maldives, by the way. The Maldives I, are on here, yeah. We've got the Hilton of Malaysia. We've got um, yeah. the Hilton in Trinidad. Yeah. yeah. So we've got Houston, Danbury, um, Moore Park, Nashville, Brownsville, Irving. There are mortgages and hotels in... Uh, Boston, Colorado Springs, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Just like you might have a mortgage on your house, the bank who holds the mortgage uh, has this claim on you. The Fed has a claim on a hotel in Jacksonville, Florida. The Fed is the bank. Right. Why are there so many hotels? 
And it just so happens that Bear Stearns was holding a, a number of them um, in the process of securitization. So, so basically what happened was somewhere along the line, a bank made an initial mortgage. It sold that mortgage to somebody else. Somebody else sold that mortgage to somebody else. Ultimately, Bear Stearns acquired it. And at that moment in time, that was when Bear Stearns ran into trouble and the Fed uh, lent money to Bear Stearns and took that mortgage as collateral. And why did Bear Stearns have that mortgage in the first place? Uh, probably because it was going to securitize it. You, you, you pool those mortgages together, and then you issue a security that uses them as backing. So Bear Stearns was at the second step. They acquired some mortgages. They were about to issue them as a security. It hadn't gotten that far, though. So these hotels were all being bought up, the Hilton in you know, the Maldives and the hotel in Jacksonville and Colorado Springs mm-hmm. and Boston. They were buying them all up. And this is like frozen in time. Bear Stearns was about to right. slice them all up and put them into a bunch of different securities, into complex financial right. products and sell them. But they collapsed before they could do that. And the Fed has ended up with them. Right, exactly. So uh, it's a game of musical chairs. The music stopped, uh, and there were, you know, Bear Stearns was left standing with some of these things. So the music stops, and the music stopping is a big reason why J.P. Morgan does not want these assets. It was at this moment where the U.S. is negotiating with J.P. Morgan to take on Bear Stearns, and they're thinking about it, but they don't want the Miami airport and the Hiltons and all these assets that Bear was planning to securitize, because securitizing real estate products at this point is not going so well. So the government wanted the J.P. Morgan thing to work out. So the Fed took on all those products. Right. And that is a big, huge step for the Fed because the Federal Reserve up until this point, it has been one of the most boring investors out there. It traditionally bought one type of investment, treasuries from the U.S. government. And in this moment, it went from being a boring central bank to being more like a regular bank taking on risk. Does that mean that the Hilton in Chicago and San Francisco and the Miami airport and the Jacksonville Hotel mm-hmm. every month are writing mortgage checks and they're sending them to some sort of in-between person and the in-between person is putting them in an envelope and sending them to the Federal Reserve? Yeah. They're doing the electronic equivalent. Now, that's a strange position for the Fed to be in. You know what gets even stranger? What would happen if... One of those entities, don't want to name anyone in particular, uh, since this is a hypothetical, but what would happen if one of them actually failed? That is, stopped making payments, and it was time for the servicer to foreclose. The Federal Reserve could wind up owning a hotel in an airport or a hotel out, you know, overlooking a golf course, because that's, when that, that's what happens after foreclosure. First you're delinquent, then you go into default, then the bank forecloses on you. The bank owns the property. Similarly, if one of those hotels stops paying its uh, regular mortgage payment, ultimately it could go into foreclosure and the Federal Reserve will own it or a, prop, a piece of it. So there, there is a mall in this portfolio that I believe has gone into bankruptcy. Where is it in the... This is Main Lane 1, right? Yeah, it's in Main Lane 1. What's the name of it? Crossroads. Okay. Crossroads? Mm-hmm. Crossroads Mall in Oklahoma, actually, isn't it? Oh, real estate... Owned. Yeah, it owns it, right? REO, REO means real estate owned. So the Fed owns that mall? Yeah. 
So the fat is now in the in the commercial yeah. shopping business. Yeah. So. So a, a modest proposal would be for the Fed to uh, support the businesses it, own, it owns. It could have its employees shop at the Crossroads Mall or take vacations in Colorado Springs or the Maldives. But they should actually give us all discounts at the yeah, Crossroads Mall. That would be Mall. great. So if you pay in cash in, in banknotes, which happen to be have the Federal Reserve <laughs> name on, on the front, then they, you should get a discount. Exactly. Because that works. That helps both sides of the Federal Reserve's balance sheet. Uh, currency is a liability of the Federal Reserve. And if you're going to use it more, the Federal Reserve <laughs> generates more seniorage. And if you use it by supporting some of the assets it holds... It's good for them on all both the more, sides. More, all the more better. So if if you're you're driving driving down a strange city and you say pay by, pay by cash at this hotel, you'll you'll know it's not a short stay hotel. It's something perhaps owned <laughs> by the Federal Reserve. <laughs> so Hannah, when he says currency is a liability to the Fed, that's sort of a strange idea. So so let's just explain that. Basically, every dollar that you have in your wallet. That's basically an IOU from the Fed. That means that to the Fed, you could show up at any time, present your dollar, and they would have to give you a dollar's worth of something in return, a dollar's worth of some asset that they have on their balance sheet. Right. So it used to, you can think about it. it used to be gold. You used to be able to show up and, and get gold until very recently it was treasury bonds. Um, and I get and now I guess it's it's a piece of a mall in Oklahoma, <laughs> or it could be something else. Because aside from this jaunt into retail and tropical vacation destinations, the Fed is now involved in insurance, although not regular insurance, but this special kind of insurance called credit default swaps. <laughs> That's your favorite, Alex. We always <laughs> yes. come back to credit default swaps. Um, CDS, you may remember, is a strange form of insurance contract that became quite popular in the last several years. And the fact that the Fed now owns them is sort of crazy. <laughs> uh, basically, here's how this would have worked. So, uh, for example, listed in Maiden Lane 1, there's a California State, a credit default swap on California State and school districts in Florida. Some school district in Florida, let's say Dade County, Dade County decides it wants to build a new school. It sells bonds to do that. Someone buys those bonds. And then the buyer of those bonds maybe gets worried, thinking like, I don't know, Dade County's in trouble. Maybe they're not going to be able to pay me my, my bond back. So this buyer would then buy protection, a credit default swap, insurance in case that the school district, Dade County, defaults. Um, someone else would have to pay them the value. So in 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 our hypothetical scenario, the person that they got that protection from, that was Bear Stearns. But of course, 2008, Bear Stearns is gone. So the person who assumed all their obligations, the U.S. Fed, which means that if Florida schools go down and they can't repay that bond, the Fed takes a loss. But not to worry, Hannah, because it gets even stranger. The Fed is actually on the other side of this kind of contract, too. It has CDS listed here for California, where if the California bond defaults, the Fed would receive a payment. So you, so your central bank uh, you know, is writing insurance and collecting insurance premiums. And what? So, okay. <laughs> it's mind-bending, isn't it? <laughs> it is a little mind-bending. I mean... This is unique for the Fed, for the Fed, but it's not unique for an investment bank. This right. mimics what Bear Stearns would have had. Right. This was this was a slice of the poorer portion of Bear Stearns' portfolio on March fifteenth, uh, I guess it would be two thousand and eight. So yeah. actually, you, you should have the image of Chairman Ben Bernanke uh, flying to a speaking engagement, and he could look out the window and look down, 
and say, boy, I own a piece of that, I own a piece of that, I own a piece of that. And that's the way the Fed's balance sheet is right now. <laughs> it's really crazy. Hotels, malls, credit default swaps on Florida schools. And kind of actually, there's one other thing in here that one other asset that the Fed now owns that jumped out at us. Yes, that would be the HVMLT06 listed on page 76. HVMLT has a special place in our hearts here at Planet Money because HVMLT is the real name for our own little toxie. That's right, our toxic asset. So regular listeners here know we recently became toxic asset investors, apparently like the Fed. Planet Money bought a nice, messy little residential mortgage-backed security, and you all named her Toxie. But Toxie's formal name is HVMLT05. It stands for the Harborview Mortgage Loan Trust, HVMLT. Um, and that was the original name of the Wall Street security that Toxie is a part of. And that's this thing that always strikes me as odd. These Wall Street banks would actually name these complicated financial securities that they were they were producing. Um, and you can almost think of it like the way a car company names a, a, a line of car. So, for example, you know, as you know, I drive a 2005 Cadillac Escalade, but I could also get a 2006 Cadillac Escalade. The same thing. That's funny. I didn't know you drove an 05. I drive an 06. <laughs> oh, right, right. Exactly. So the same thing would happen with the Wall Street banks. Right. So the Fed actually got the 06 vintage of our Harborview Mortgage Loan Trust. Toxie is from 2005. So it's not the same exact houses that are in our toxic asset, but it's very similar kinds of homes. And it was put together by the exact same players. We actually called Witt Solberg, our man at Mission Peak Capital, who helped us buy Toxie. And we asked him, how similar is what the Fed has to our Toxie? And he said, think of what the Fed owns as Toxie's younger sister. It's very similar. Um, you know, what they tried to do was be equally discriminant in the terribleness of the loans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the, the Fed did basically buy what we bought. That's it's, right. Just it, a year later. It's just like, they, so they, we have a Toyota, they have a Toyota, but they have the 2006 mm-hmm. model and we have the 2005 model. <laughs> um, yeah, interesting Interesting metaphor with Toyota. It's like a problem. They have a steering wheel problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The 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 interesting the interesting comparison uh, that I was able to distinguish between the two: a hundred percent of the loans in the Fed's transaction were originated in 2006. A hundred percent of yours were in 2005, and in 2006. The housing market and the loans within those bonds pinnacled. Uh, the performance of the loans in 2006 and the younger sister of this uh, brand uh, was a lot worse. <laughs> Taxetta. Taxi <laughs> Jr. Taxi Jr. So is are we better off than the Fed or does the Fed have it worse off than us? Uh, looks like it's neck and neck right now. So Witt told us that Yes, Toxie has a younger sister in what the Fed owns, but Toxie actually, it turns out, has lots of family in Maiden Lane. Not immediate family, <laughs> but, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins. If you compare uh, the other positions that are held by the Fed, a lot of them are very similar to Toxie in its, in its makeup, um, meaning monster coming, um, you know, elimination in the near horizon. And there's one other crucial difference between us and the Fed. We paid a penny on the dollar 
for Toxy, did the the Fed didn't get anywhere near that kind of deal, right? Well, you know, the, the, <laughs> I'm not really quite sure how the Fed constructed its deal. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't at the table on that day. The uh, uh, but there was a negotiation at that time when Bear Stearns was becoming J.P. Morgan, mm-hmm. and you know I'm sure Jamie Dimon took a look at at, at this particular bond and said, uh, "No, thank you." Um, you won't buy this at really Mr. Any Federal price. Reserve. <laughs> I'm going to leave these two reporters at NPR uh, to purchase, and uh, uh, as far as us taking the rest of Bear Stearns, uh, you can have these in the positions like them, and um, that's that's largely what you see in some of these maiden lane portfolios. Right. Um, cousins of Toxie and so forth uh, are in them. Now, my question for you is: If you were going to buy the whole thing now. How much would you offer? Um, well, with with my own national sovereign reserve account. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so here's here are the facts that I know with 150 pieces of paper that have different bond names on them, and the Fed said that they were worth 30 billion dollars in March of 2008. Is uh-huh. that right? Yeah. All right. So then I know some of the bonds have gone away because they've paid down quickly. I believe in the Federal Reserve. I think that they would never give me a value that's too high, but I would discount them by 50% just in case uh-huh. uh, because performance since then has been pretty bad. Um, if I had to take a guess, I'd pay a third. I, I love how I love how Wood says I believe in them, but I discount them by fifty percent. Right, I believe in them fifty percent. Um, so what what is essentially saying is not only does the Fed own a bunch of toxic assets, it probably overpaid for those toxic assets as well, which of course is exactly what it wanted to be doing. It was trying to save the financial system, not drive a hard bargain and make money for itself. But in the meantime, our central bank has gone from being a boring, safe investor to investing in some of the wildest creations Wall Street ever made up. Credit default swaps, mortgage-backed securities, crazy land deals in Florida, and, of course, Oklahoma. Thank you for calling the Crossroads Mall shopping line. To expedite your call, we have seven choices on the main menu. Which brings us to the next step in the saga. Some of those assets, like our very own taxi, are going to go bad. They will not be able to pay back what they owe. And one already has that mall in Oklahoma that we discussed. That's what you're hearing right now, the, the outgoing message to that mall. And the Fed is now trying to sell that mall. So how does, a, how does the Fed sell a mall? I mean, it hires someone. And this is really strange. So last year, we talked to Jim Perrick. He's the senior vice president at Price Edwards & Company. It's a commercial real estate company in Oklahoma. And when we talked to Jim, he was having trouble filling retail space for the people that he was working for. His job this month? Sell a mall for the Federal Reserve of the United States. Man, that must be a weird turn of events for him. Um, so the, I guess the final question that we should address here, what are we supposed to think about the fact that the Fed now owns a bunch of stuff that will probably go bad or some portion of it will go bad? Is that a problem for us, the taxpayer? And there's the answer is a little bit complicated. To buy all these assets, the Fed essentially had to create a bunch of new money. And in normal times, when the Fed creates that much more money, it causes inflation. Inflation is bad for you and me. So far, though... 
That is not happening. So that's not a problem so far. But there's another problem. So the Fed, you know, as we said, it used to be the most boring bank in the world. It would borrow our dollars, invest them in treasuries, and make a small, steady profit each year. And that profit, profit that goes to us, the taxpayers, via the U.S. Treasury. And if that doesn't happen, we essentially lose money. And that is the danger. It's not only on Maiden Lane that the Fed is gambling right now. The Fed has created over a trillion new dollars, which it is using to buy all sorts of stuff it never has in the past. Meaning, essentially, the Federal Reserve is very different today than it was before. It has a lot more risk, and there's a lot more possibility that it won't make money back. Okay. We tend to end on cheery notes here. I think that's it for us today. You can see a flyer advertising the Fed's mall on our website, npr.org slash money. You can write to us at planetmoney at npr.org. I'm Hannah Joffrey-Walt. And I'm Alex Bloomberg. Thanks for listening.